This is Listen Again with the Bridge, your opportunity to hear Sunday's message. We hope you enjoy listening, and it all starts right now. Well, hello again. Are you guys ready? Uh, Let me ask you again. Are you guys ready? I'm about to get in your grill. Are you ready? I'm not lying. Uh, We're about to talk some, some pretty... Uh, invasive things, if you will, for the next five weeks. Um, Things that we would say are somewhat acceptable in society. Now, you can take the the worst, like, most heathenistic person, and certain things to them even seem wrong. I mean, if you talk about murder, they're going to go, yeah, that's wrong. You talk about stealing, well, that's, you shouldn't take from someone, right? But there are certain things in our society that just kind of go with, eh, everybody's doing it. It's, it's pretty much accepted. And for the next five weeks, we're going to talk about those things. Lying is one of those things. Pride is one of those things. Gossip is one of those things. Lust is one of those things. And, and the, the fifth one is anger. And we're, so we're going to cover these five things for five weeks of just the, the idea that everybody's doing it and that it's just kind of accepted. It's just one of those things that it's kind of just shoved under the rug. And so today we're going to begin with lying. So I'm going to start with a quick test. How many in here would raise your hand and say, I've told a lie before? Look around. If anybody doesn't have their hand up, you can, I give you permission, you can call them a liar. You have permission today. I'm telling you, it's, it's a little invasive. We don't want to be called a liar. That's, that's horrible, right? Don't, don't tell me I'm a liar. But it's something that we all struggle with. And so as we dive into this, I really want to help us understand how God views things that our society would just go, eh. But God is sitting here saying, I hate lying. I detest lying. Yet it's something that we find ourselves doing. Most common lies that we tell, I just kind of look these up just to kind of get us going. And these are probably things you've either said or heard. Maybe they've been said to you. How about this one? I won't laugh, I promise. Followed by laughter, right? How about you say something that's kind of hurtful and then you go, oh, I'm just kidding. Except, were you really kidding? Uh, I'm on my way. You ever been sitting on the couch and you forgot something and then it's like, oh, I'm supposed to be there. I'm on my way, but you're not. You're just getting up. All right, ladies, how about this one? I love your hair. And then you walk away and go, I can't believe she did that to her hair. (laughs) I'm going to call us all out on one right here. I mean, every person in the room has done this. You have checked the box that said, I have read and agreed to the terms and conditions. (laughs) Anybody, you, you click that? How many of us read that? Really? Come on. We all know that we've done this. I told on myself last week, if you weren't here, uh, I told my, on myself about lying. Uh, Courtney and I were on our way back from the Omaha Zoo about 10 or 11 years ago. I say it was over 11 years ago because Tessa was uh, in her tummy at the time, so she wasn't even born yet. And we're driving along, and again, it's been a long day at the zoo. I'm just ready to get home. We're driving into a storm. Tornado warnings, you know, all this is going off on the radio, and it's telling us about these locations of Polo and Gallatin and all these places we're headed right into, but I'm like, oh, Courtney, don't worry. She's like, we should pull over. No, it's all behind us. We're just going to keep going, and then she starts seeing these signs, and she's like, wait a minute, this is right in the middle of the storm. I'm like, I just want to get home, 
right? And we laugh about that because it's like, you know what? He was just lying. He just wanted to get home. There was a reason behind it. Lying is one of those things you never have to teach a child to do. Did you ever sit down with your child and go, okay, let's practice lying. This is how you do it. No, but we know how to do it. It comes natural to us. So we kind of laugh. And again, we kind of get this idea of it, it's just acceptable, but actually it's something that God hates. Proverbs 12, 22. New Living Translation says this. The Lord detests lying lips. He detests lying lips, but he delights in those who tell the truth. Now, we're talking Old Testament here, so written in the Hebrew, right? That word detest, actually the meaning behind that is it's something disgusting or it makes you nauseous. So what that is saying is God actually gets nauseous. He wants to vomit at the idea that we lie. Yet in our society, it's just kind of like, oh, it's just a white lie. Really? What, is, what exactly is a white lie? Our lies make him want to vomit. John chapter 8, verse 42 and through 44. This is Jesus talking, okay? This is on the back of your bulletin. If you want to follow along and you don't have your Bible, there's scripture right there, or you can follow along on the screen. Here's what Jesus said. If God were your father, you would love me, for I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father. This is pretty harsh. He's calling some people out. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, and he is a liar, and the father of lies. That is probably why Jesus or God hates lies so much is because he hates the devil. He is no fan of the devil and he is certainly no fan of lying. It makes him want to vomit. Many would say it's just a part of life. It's kind of just accepted, but God is sitting here saying, I do not like lying. I detest lying. So over the next five weeks, so that we can all do this together, myself included, I'll be on the same page. I have a prayer that I want us to pray. It's scripture. It's not something I've made up. It's out of Psalm chapter 139, and we're going to read it. And I really just, uh, at the end of the service today, we're going to pray this prayer. And I really want this to come from your heart as we talk about this. Over the next five weeks, you're going to hear this same scripture each week. It's going to kind of be the theme behind this. Psalm 139, this is David talking. David, the man known as a, God, as a man after God's own heart. And David really knew how to put his feelings to words. Even better sometimes than we can do ourselves. So this is the prayer that David prayed. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Now, I'm going to stop right there because many times when we're lying, we're going to get to this in just a moment, we're lying to ourselves. We're telling ourselves it's okay. We're giving ourselves permission. And in those moments, it's when we have to pray this prayer. God, God, search me and know my heart because I can't even know it well enough. There's times where I'm deceiving myself. So I need God to know my heart in order to know what's in there. He says, test me, know my anxious thoughts, point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path 
of everlasting life. How many want to have that path of everlasting life? Amen. That's every one of us. And the way we do that is by opening our hearts to God. So I just want to ask you to do that right now as I'm talking. Just, God, here I am. Uh, We're going to talk about lying. I really don't feel like I have a problem with this, but God, here's my heart. Search me. Know my heart today. There's such humility in that scripture right there. Now, last week, we concluded our sermon with the scripture out of 1 Peter, where it said, if you humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, and we talked about with any action, there is a reaction and when, when we humble ourselves before God, God will exalt you in due time. That's what First Peter told us. And it's the same with this, this prayer that we're praying today. As we open our hearts and we say, search me, God, and know my heart, what's it say? It says, he will lead us in the path of everlasting life. We have a role to play in this. We have to be willing to say, here am I. But for our action, there is a reaction. So on the subject of lying, let me tell you what we're going to do. Again, these are on the back of the bulletin for you. We're going to talk about three things of how we lie, and then we're going to talk about the why behind it. The first how in our lying is we lie. How do we lie? We lie to others. We lie to others. Jeremiah 9, 5, it says this, friend deceives friend, and no one speaks the truth. How many relationships even begin with a lie? It's interesting to me, I, again, there's never a right reason to lie, but I, I kind of can wrap my mind around, you know, someone you don't even know, a stranger, like you're trying to sell them a vehicle and you're like, oh yeah, it runs great, knowing that it never will start two weeks after they get it, whatever it might be, you, you can see that it's someone you're never going to see again. You can get by with that, but how is it that we lie to the people closest to us? How many marriage relationships begin on a lie. How many times do we lie to our family, to our closest friends, those we love the most, we can find ourselves giving them false information. And we somehow think that's better than telling the truth. So the first way we lie is we lie to others. We kind of laugh about it sometimes. And we think, ah, I got caught in a lie. There's no integrity. If, you, if you're known as a liar, how many of you have ever known someone that you couldn't trust what they were saying? There's, there's no, no truth to it. And they're always just trying to make it sound better or make it look better than it really was. The second way we lie, we lie to others, but we also lie to God. We lie to God. If you remember back in July... We did a series uh, entitled uh, Bodybuilders, and we were basically talking about the Acts chapter 2 church and how it formed the very first church and how this church models after the Acts chapter 2 church. And we began to read all about how when Peter delivered the message and so many were saved and baptized on that day, and we began to read through Acts, all of Acts actually throughout that series. If you'll remember in Acts chapter 4, it begins to talk about how they were selling their possessions, their land, their houses, they were bringing it in, giving it to the apostles, and then they were dividing it up. And the scripture tells us in Acts chapter 4 that they were giving all their stuff so that no one was in need. Everybody had exactly what they needed. They were in unity. Because they loved one another enough, no one saw themselves above someone else. They just sold their possessions and they just lived together in unity. That's in Acts chapter 4. But if you get to chapter 5, we find a couple who was holding out. 
we find a couple who was lying. Look at verse 1. It says this. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. That's what everybody else was doing. They're selling their possessions, bringing it to the apostles. The apostles would find out who was in need. They would divvy it up, say, here you go. And no one was in need. But here's this couple that wanted to look good. They wanted to show that they're willing to give up their possessions, yet they wanted to hold a little back for themselves. Then Peter, I don't know how he knew, but he knew, says to Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit? You kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land. Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? After it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? And look, look at this line. He says, you have not lied just to human beings, but to God. Interesting. They were willing to take it that far, just to look good. And what that tells us is that if you're misrepresenting truth to your Christian community, really in one form or another, at one level or another, you're not just lying to them, but you're also lying to God. The sad thing is we think we can lie to God. We think we can get away with that. Unfortunately, he knows everything. So we're, we're making an attempt to do something, to deceive the one who knows us better than we know ourselves. And the more you learn to lie to others, and the more you try to lie to God, before long you're not just telling lies, you're living a lie. Everything you're doing is a lie. So we understand we lie to others. We lie to God. This last one we, we kind of have a hard time with, but it's so true. I mentioned it earlier. We lie to ourselves. We lie to ourselves. Psalm 119, this is David again talking. Again, knows how to put his feelings into words. And he's grieving over something here when he says this. In verses 27 through 29, he says, Help me understand the meaning of your commandments. And I will meditate on your wonderful deeds. He says, I will weep with sorrow. Encourage me by your word. But look at verse 29. He says this, keep me from lying to myself. Give me the privilege of knowing your instructions. There are times in our life where we completely deceive ourselves. We make sure that we're looking good to other people, we want to try to do our best to present ourselves in a way that looks good to others, and in that, we justify what we're doing, and before long, we're telling ourselves, it's okay, it's all right, yeah, I'm deceiving them, but I'm not hurting anybody, and so I want to talk about a few ways that we lie to ourselves. Let's focus on this for just a minute. Things we might say to lie to ourselves. The first one is this. I'll call it this. Ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is bliss. What I mean by that is there's things in our life, there's weaknesses that we have that we would rather just not know about. Because if we knew what we were doing, we would, wanna, we would have to change it. We wouldn't want to, but we would have to. And because we don't want to, we don't even want to know about it. Someone might even want to come to you, your spouse, your brother, your sister. Somebody may come and say, man, do you realize you're doing, no, I don't, I don't want to know about that because I'm better off not knowing, because I don't have to change it if I don't know. We avoid having constructive criticism, because we don't want to have to change. And it's amazing to me, when it comes to this, how easy it is to see others in their weaknesses. 
when you're on the outside looking in, it's very easy to go, man, if they would just do this and this, their life would be so much easier. But when it comes to our own self, we can't see those weaknesses and we somehow justify what we do in a way that we're telling ourselves it's okay. All the while lying to ourselves. Another one is this. I'll call the second one reality denial. Reality denial. Have you ever spoken these words? And if you have, you're dealing with reality denial. I don't have an addiction. I can stop anytime I want. If you've ever made that statement, you're in denial of reality. I can quit anytime I want. Denial is a psychological defense that we all use against external realities to create this false sense of security. As long as I think I can quit, then I'm okay doing it. Because I can quit anytime I want. And as long as you're lying to yourself about that, you're going to continue to be addicted to whatever that is. Or have you ever used this statement? I'm not the problem, he is. Can I tell you, many times I've had people come in my office wanting to to fix a marriage, wanting help, and all they're able to do is tell me what the other person's doing wrong. And the question I always begin with, but what about you? What's something that you're doing? Because if you begin with you, if you'll focus on what you're doing, because many times we want to say, well, I wouldn't have an anger problem if she just wouldn't. So we're lying to ourselves and saying, it's okay that I do this because I have a reason. I have a right. It's reality denial. A third way we do this in lying to ourselves is overconfidence. Overconfidence. Have you ever made the statement, at least I'm doing better than they are? You can take the worst possible Christian and you say, hey, I'm doing better than they are. And you kind of just justify what you're doing. I told you I was going to get in your grill today. I'm sorry. Uh, I just, God kind of lends this to me and I just kind of go with it. And here we are. And now I'm finding myself feeling the pressure of everybody looking at me like, why you got to be saying that to me today? Five weeks of this. Oh boy, this is going to be fun. No, we have this overconfidence. Psychology Today uh, magazine said this, and, and I just pulled these from the internet. You can check it out for yourself. 90% of all drivers think they're above average. <laughs> Kid you not. 94% of professors at large universities think they're better professors than others in smaller universities, even though they're not. It's not proven. They just think that way because they're at a larger place. They're overconfident based on where they're at. Here's the very interesting one. Among a group of people trying to quit smoking, get this, the ones who gave especially high ratings to their own ability to quit were the ones most likely to fail. Those who thought, I won't have any trouble at all, I can overcome this, it's not an addiction, were the ones most likely to fail. We lie to ourselves, we become overconfident, and here's the problem, in our walk with Christ, if you're overconfident in that, what happens is we become stagnant as a Christian. We're not changing anything, we're not moving, we're not growing, because we're just like, hey, I'm good enough, I'm better than that person. And we justify that, and we're lying to ourselves in order to just think, Everything's okay. And I think at some point, we all find ourselves at a place where we're stagnant with our walk with Christ. You can tell when someone is truly following Christ passionately. 
I mean, you see it on them. There's some people, you can just tell that God is doing a work in their life. There's conviction. Anytime they're doing something wrong, man, they're like, man, I've got this thing I'm struggling with and I'm trying to overcome this. And they're overcoming sin because they have a higher calling. They're, they're striving for something. There's a sense of spiritual destiny and purpose in their life. You've seen it before. You can't have a conversation with somebody like that without it just coming out of them. But then there's those who just kind of are just going through the motions. I mean, they come to church, you know, the worship music's playing, and they're just having their coffee, and just, well, I wonder if the Chiefs are going to win today, just waiting for this to get through. And I'm not one to judge. I'm not, I'm not sitting up here going, okay, there's a Christian, there's a non-Christian. No, that's not for me to judge. But it's in your heart. And you'll begin to see the fruit of that when there is spiritual evidence of God working. There'll be humility. There's a fear of God. So let me give you a scripture that'll kind of help us understand this. 1 John, 1 John chapter 2. Listen to what this says, beginning with verse 4. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. Be careful what you say. Be careful what you say, because if you say you know him, but you're not doing what he commands, the Bible's calling you out, man. The truth is not in that person. That's what it's telling us. Interesting. Are you deceiving yourself into thinking you know him? If, if there's no fruit of that, if there's no change, if there's no growth, one would have to wonder, am I doing what, what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I allowing God to do something? Am I praying that prayer? Search my heart, O oh God. Know it. Test me. Know my thoughts. Look at verse 5. But if anyone, anyone obeys his word, I love this line right here. If anyone just obeys the word of God, love for God is truly made complete in them. What an incredible statement. That love for God would be complete in you. That happens through obeying the word of God. That's amazing. I think that's very clear for us. It helps us understand how to get beyond that stagnant place. This is how we know we are in him. And look at this last line. Again, it's going to call us out. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. I don't think it could get any clearer. John is telling us if you're going to claim to live for Christ, then you should show that the actions and words should be evident in you every single day. And this is one of those places where we're lying to ourselves. We're just saying, I'm good enough. I'm getting by. God knows my circumstances. He understands. And we make it okay and all the while, we're lying to ourselves. So we, we lie to other people. We lie to God. We lie to ourselves. We understand the how now. Let's talk about the why. It's the more difficult question. Why do we lie? Now, why? It, um, I, I just would encourage you this. There's not a lot of room at the bottom of the bulletin. I already looked. Uh, but if you have a pen, maybe you should write that question on there. Why do I lie? And ask yourself that question. Maybe it's something you should keep in the back of your mind for the next time you do to go, why did I do that? Why did I just offer up a lie when I could have easily told the truth? Why is it several times a day we find ourselves believing it would be easier and better to just lie than to speak the truth? 
I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Maybe that's your idea behind it. That's a lie we tell ourselves to justify lying. Maybe you're saying, I want to make a, a good impression. I want to make myself look better than I am, so I lie. Or I want to get ahead. I, I want to make sure that I can get ahead in life, and I think lying might help me look better, so therefore that's why I do it. The reality is, once you start lying, as we all know, we teach our kids this, once you tell one, it just snowballs, right? It just keeps going. And the more we lie, the more we can't find the truth. And before long, we're not just telling lies, we're living lies. So why do we lie? Ask yourself that question. Why do I typically lie? Believe, believing that it's one of the biggest uh, lies there is, when you're believing that it's better to lie than to tell the truth. You're believing one of the biggest lies. Example, here's one for you. When we think this, if I lie, it will bring me security. If I lie, it will bring me security. The truth is, the more I lie, the more insecure I become. Because you can't build a uh, life of integrity on a foundation of lies. You can't build a life of integrity on a foundation of lies. We cannot have a real relationship based on lies. Why do we lie? It's because we have a spiritual enemy. And he's known as the father of lies. And it's when you begin to believe what he says, not what God says, that you begin to lie. I want you to think about this. He's lying to you all the time, convincing you it's okay to lie. He's lying to you all the time, convincing you it's going to be better if I lie. I'm going to look better if I lie. All those things come from the father of lies. Stephen, can I borrow you just a minute? He's got the uh, Chiefs jersey on. Come on up. So I'm going to make him truth today because the Chiefs are going to win. Isn't that true? Yep. All right. All right. You didn't sound very confident with that. <laughs> Let's hope. So Stephen is going to be truth today. He's truth. This is this is complete truth with a capital T, right? This is me, the real person, the person that thinks that I'm better off lying than to tell the truth. The further I get from the truth, the more I have to lie. Think about this. The further I get from the real person I should be, the more I have to lie. The more I have to tell people this is who I am, even though I'm supposed to be there, the further I get away, the more I have to lie. So how, when we found ourselves over here, now some of us, there may not be enough, it's beyond that wall, that we've gotten so far away from truth. We've gotten so far away from it because we've just started living what we're telling everybody else. We gotta keep up the facade. We gotta keep just living the lie in our marriage, in our life, with our job, everything that we do, we're just living this lie and we're so far away from the truth. So how do we get back? Many of us believe that, that truth is an idea. Truth is not. Truth is a person. Jesus said, I am the way, the what? And the life. What, let's try that again. Jesus said, I am the way, the and the life. 
And the closer you get, so really when I say this is truth, today you get to be Jesus. How close are you? (laughs) This is Jesus. He is truth. And the further we get from him, the more we have to lie. How do we get back to truth? By not just changing our actions, it's by changing our belief. The more you believe what he says, not what the enemy says, not what the enemy is lying to you about. If you will begin to believe truth, then you'll find it easier to tell the truth. And the closer you get to believing the truth, with each truth becomes another step closer to truth. The more distance there is between you and real truth, my true self, the more I feel like, again, I have to lie. But when I start to believe that I am the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus, not based on my own merit, but based on victory on the cross, I'm a step closer to truth. When I believe that his freedom is what set me free, then I'm stepping closer to the truth. When I believe that it is for freedom that sets me free, I'm closer to the truth. When I believe that I am who he says I am, not who I think I am, I step closer to the truth. Not by what I do, but by what I believe. You begin to believe the truth here and here. And the truth will come out here. Will you bow your heads with me? You can have a seat. Thanks, Stephen. Jesus promised us, John 8, 23, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Whether it's simple, what we call common white lies, or whether it's the life you're living that is a complete lie. Whatever it may be, today you can be set free you can take a step closer to the truth. If you will just begin to hear what Jesus is saying about you, that you are the righteousness of God, that you are forgiven, that who you are, you are made in the image of Christ. You don't have to be someone you're not. You don't have to lie about it. You don't have to make yourself sound better than you are. You can just be you because of who Christ is in you. Today, you can step closer to the truth. Stop lying to yourself. Give up on lying to God because that doesn't work anyway. Stop lying to others. So here's what we're going to do. All of us together are going to pray this prayer. I'm just going to ask, I'll... I'll help you out. I'll say it. And then I'm just going to ask that you repeat after me. And we're going to pray Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Over the next five weeks, you're going to hear this prayer a lot. It's the same prayer that fits every one of these things that we're going to talk about. And it begins by not just saying it with your mouth, but claiming it from your heart. So will you say this with me? Just say, search me, God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you. 
and to lead me along the way. Let's try this again. Lead me along the path of everlasting life. Father, today some of us need to step closer to the truth. Again, not based on what we do, but based on what we believe. And I truly believe that you sent your son to the cross to die for each and every one of us so that we can be forgiven, so that we can walk in freedom every single day and we can be who you've called us to be. We are good enough. We don't have to make up for it by false words. We can speak the truth and be who you've called us to be. And we can be confident in that, created in your image today. So I pray for every person that walked in, believing the lies, God, that they would begin to believe the truth and that that truth would set them free today. Have your way in our hearts today, I pray. Have your way in my heart today that I would speak the truth, that I would long every single day to honor you with truth in the way I live, in the way I speak, in the way I act. It's in Jesus' name we pray.